Hello, welcome to How's Life. With me here is Frank Hurley. Say hi, Frank. Hi, Frank. Okay, um, and we are going to uh, be doing a long uh, debate that is long-standing among elementary schoolers, and I certainly have been arguing about this topic for a long time, so I have a little bit of preparation. Um, it's about Santa Claus uh, pertaining to his existence, and Frank is arguing to me that Santa Claus does not exist. He is trying to both crush my childhood dreams and promote irrational, dogmatic uh, lies. So, Frank, uh, can you make your opening argument? My opening argument is, A, that there is no physical evidence of Santa Claus or his operation. There have been many expeditions throughout human history to the North Pole. Uh, no one has ever found uh, Santa Claus, much less the massive uh, industrial plants, uh, workhouses, power generators, and infrastructure that would be required to pull off such an operation. No one's ever taken a convincing photograph or video evidence of Santa Claus. There's never been any physical evidence uh, left behind by one of his supposed home intrusions that, uh, that was actually seriously considered and looked into by any sort of scientific source or trustworthy, uh, trustworthy organization. In addition, all of the deforestation and, uh, and oil consumption and mining that humans do on earth is exactly that done by humans there's no unaccounted for uh, deficit of trees or deficit of oil where there once was because well we're pretty darn good at finding that stuff and if we're losing it without any sort of explanation which of course would be wouldn't be needed for Santa Claus to make toys for every single kid then we would have known about it by now, and we would have tapped into this, and Santa would be on the radar of top world governments because he's complete, he would be completely offsetting our access to natural resources and economy. Third of all, why is it that only in certain Western cultures and traditions does Santa Claus ever exist? There are absolutely no reports of non-Westernized uh, families and children getting presents from Santa Claus. There are about 2.2 billion children on Earth alive right now, and about 2 billion of those live in developing countries. Very few of those children in developing countries buy into the myth of Santa Claus, and if they had some sort of... Uh, if, the, if they were actually being gifted things by Santa Claus, then they would certainly be very thankful to him, and he would be a part of their mythology and lore, just like it is for rich white people. Why is it that Santa Claus is classist and racist and only, only uh, helps out and only rewards kids who are in the upper echelons of society? All right, laying it all out there, Frank. So first of all, I want to say this. You mentioned that there's no physical evidence left behind of, of Santa uh, entering into a home. Now, how do you explain the presence under the tree? Josh, they were generally given to you by parents and relatives and sometimes friends. Okay, so this is the common uh, explanation that's promoted against Santa Claus's existence. So, Frank, you're telling me that there is a worldwide conspiracy that is somehow organized between uh, parents uh, 
that that they're actually giving presents and they're lying to everyone about it, Frank. Who is behind this conspiracy and how is it being financed? Um, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily being financed, although I wouldn't be surprised if the Koch brothers are major Santa Claus supporters. But it's to fuel American consumerism, Western capitalism in general. Basically, um, it's to it's to promote this idea of giving presents. It drives uh, a lot of retail uh, stores and a lot of the profits for toy manufacturers and whatnot to have a Christmas season where it's customary even for low-income households to spend a decent chunk of money on getting presents for everyone, all of their extended family and kids and et cetera and et cetera. So they have a vested interest in keeping Christmas tradition alive and thus they would have a vested interest in including imagery, including imagery of Santa Claus into their advertising and into their mythos, so to speak. Additionally, um, hold up, hold up. I have to cut you off there. So you're saying that this is like companies are part of this conspiracy as well. Like this is this is a whole money scheme. This whole Santa Claus figure is just designed to get people to buy more presents. Who are you going to believe? This conspiracist or the guy who's just telling you the honest opinion of thousands of Americans? Listen to the eyewitness testimony of Clement Clark Moore. All right, this is what he says. He's recounting um, his experience as a child. Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama, in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below, when what to my wondering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. He saw it with his own eyes, Frank. The yes. Most, the most infallible <laughs> method of measurement anyone has ever come up with. The human brain. Yes. Um, how are you supposed to deny the, the, the human senses? That, that's how we uh, get information about our world. So, Josh, do you believe that aliens abduct humans? Frank, you read my mind. Okay, so you have told me multiple times. Uh, about the evidence for aliens and you would like to believe that aliens exist right now admittedly Santa Claus um, he has some characteristics which are uncharacteristic of normal human behavior and abilities he's able to go extremely fast deliver presents to many homes so all across the world the problem so are you saying that Clement entered a time warp in which he was able to see Santa moving along at a normal speed as opposed to the near speed of light speed that it would take for Santa Claus to actually reach every single home at one night? Yes, Frank. Uh, I think that Santa Claus has access to uh, superior technology because... Superior technology. Yes, so he's able to make resources out of thin air, completely conceal his operation, and evade capture by any world government who would see him as a serious asset because they need more resources and more advanced technology for their military and domestic endeavors. Okay, let me tell you 
the little told story of Santa Claus's existence. So now the origin story of Santa Claus is that he is some kind of uh, saint, right? Um, living in, I don't know, England. And he, he the right? the I don't know. Um, actually, I do know. I was just testing you. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, so Santa Claus, he's delivering presents to poor children's homes, right? Now, Santa Claus is uh, visited by an alien. And unlike most people who just are kind of shocked by the experience, he tries to communicate with the alien race. And Santa Claus actually convinces them to support him in his endeavor to bring gifts to the children across the world. Bring gifts to rich white children. Great. Predominantly. Like, that's Santa's demographic is the most privileged, uh, most upper-class, like, developed world group of people. Why doesn't he give presents to sub-Saharan African children? Uh, Give me any kind of evidence that he doesn't give presents to sub-Saharan African children. Well, have you ever been to sub-Saharan Africa? No, have you, Frank? I've seen a lot of uh, content about the state of affairs in many developing nations that are without uh, without a s- central government that is actually able to control the populace and who are mired by civil war and extreme levels of poverty and disease and those kids are just trying to stay alive. So are you saying that Santa ge- adjusts to their socioeconomic status and gives them presents like clean water? Even even so. So though the best thing that you can say is like Operation Christmas Child. Maybe some some kids get presents even though they don't get delivered in Christmas. They get delivered in the summer. Um, so it, so not on Christmas Day. There is a Christmas imagery associated thing from the developed world that has it's documented that it was completely operated by known earthly people and a known earthly non-Santa Clausian organization that's probably the closest thing you can come to actually having a Christmas gift that there's a statistically significant um, uh, that there's a statistically significant documentation for hold on Frank in how many documentaries that that you see about, I don't know, American politics and uh, status of economy and poverty and all that, um, in how many of those documentaries do they mention Santa Claus and Christmas? Sometimes. I mean, it's not, yeah. Okay, but I think the number of, the amount of content you hear about, you know, developed countries is much greater than the amount of content you hear about sub-Saharan Africa. So maybe, Frank, you just haven't done enough research in that area to know that sub-Saharan African children do receive presents on Christmas Day. Okay, but why does he... So why wouldn't he give them the present of their parents not having AIDS or give them the present of uh, actually being able to live over... uh, 30 or actually give them the present of not living in a place where they either have to join the army or die because there are warlords in the area who have turf on where they live why doesn't he give them the present of birth control or something what like what if he were to actually help them he would give them presents that we would know about and we would be wondering what is this mysterious force that is helping out the next generation of children in developing countries now, Frank, you bring up all good points. I suggest that you write a letter, submit it into your uh, local 
post box so it can be delivered to the North Pole um, and Santa Claus can hear your suggestions. Um, do you have any other arguments? You know that those all get, there's this town in Alaska called North Pole. Everything addressed to them, because kids actually do write letters to the North Pole and they put them in the mailbox and those all get delivered to North Pole, Alaska. That's the USPS official policy. So it's not going to actually get to the North Pole. The United States Postal Service does not go to the North Pole. Fair enough. But, okay, you win. Um, let's just talk about Christmas stuff now. <laughs> All right. So, both of us have um, something in common that I think is somewhat rare in that we uh, neither one of us ever believed in Santa Claus. Is that correct, Frank? That is correct. And uh, did you ever uh, try to convince your, your friends that Santa Claus didn't exist? Or what was that like, being the uh, outsider on that whole, um, that whole uh, cultural fad? Not only was I an ideological outsider, I was a very emphatic ideological outsider. I reveled in trying to convince kids that Santa Claus didn't exist because I liked bursting their bubbles and feeling smarter than them, right? Because I knew that they were all just brainwashed by their parents. And so six, seven-year-old me would just like love to argue against the existence of Santa Claus. And they would always just have the worst arguments, you know? Um, like the one Christmas season in first grade, I would always tell just, and I'm, I'm sure that I didn't have logical arguments the way that maybe I do now against Santa Claus's existence, all I would say is that, no, it's ridiculous. Like, use your brain. Actually, think about it. Your parents are lying to you about it. Like Occam's razor, basically. And they would say, no, I heard hoof prints. Like, like the yeah, yeah. story that you came up with that probably won't wind up in the podcast. But I heard hoof prints or I, uh, there's some sort of little piece of evidence that their parents fabricated that they would, uh, that they would refer to. We took a field trip in first grade to see... The uh, who directed that? It's the the Back to the Future guy, the Robert Zemeckis uh, Polar Express movie in IMAX, and uh, part of that part of the plot of that movie, if I remember correctly, I only saw it once, was that was finding out that Santa Claus does exist. And after we walked out of the IMAX screen, you know, like polarized 3D glasses movie, they were like, "See, Frank, clearly Santa Claus exists." Like that was the level of argument. Did you ever did you ever convince anyone uh, that Santa Claus wasn't real? Maybe. I don't remember a specific instance. I know there was this one kid at PCCS and back in elementary school who was just like a, to a very, very mean person in general, but who was convinced that Santa Claus would exist. And I just really didn't like him, so we would always clash on that topic. I never convinced him, though. We were both too stubborn. That's the like those are the probably the most glaring examples of Santa Claus existing. Ironically, though, I would also uh, try to convince kids in, back in first grade at Aptos Academy that the Force was real and that I could use the Force. Okay. And I would use my Lego stop motion videos as evidence. I, they would ask me, "How did you make that?" I was like, "I used the Force. I uh, have uh, telekinesis and I manipulated the Lego figures and just filmed it." And uh, I'm not sure if they believed me or not. I kind of created a little bit of a cult, which is ironic because Aptos Academy was a school that was funded by the Church of Scientology. And so within the cult school, I created a cult of the force in my first grade class. And like there was this one time, I swear we had a little meeting after school. Like I, I basically was the head of a religion. It was like the force is real. We all believe that the force is real. And so how are we going to go forward with that? 
I also had a cult back in elementary <laughs> school. <laughs> so in Hawaii, yeah, a tluk for Straukab. Uh, no, it wasn't actually Straukab. That was a separate cult. Uh, I've started multiple cults, cults, Frank. So um, in Hawaii, there's these little insects called cockroaches. I'm not sure if they exist here. Uh, yeah, but we know about, yeah. I mean, okay. I've never seen a cockroach, but we all know that they're real. Like it's a normal. I don't know sometimes like centipedes I found out like people know about those too but like I never see them around here I've seen that you, you if you dig hard enough you can find centipedes if you like clean out your basement you'll see some oh wow okay so um I, everyone was kind of scared of cockroaches and I had no idea why because they were just innocent little insects they didn't bite they just like crawled around so like I would pick them up and like show people people would be like oh my gosh ew why are you doing that? like like they they had diseases or something and and maybe they did I don't know um, but I I wasn't concerned um, so so I convinced people that I could actually communicate with the cro- cockroaches <laughs> and that I had an army of cockroaches <laughs> that I armed with toothpicks and built little tinfoil uh, armor sets for and a good number of them believed me and they just like knew me as the cockroach whisperer so <laughs> I, I think I too did yeah. you threaten kids that way like hey if you lay a hand on me or my friends, I'm going to unleash the cockroach army on you. I'm, I'm not sure if I went that far, but it was, it was real entertaining to, to convince people that I had some kind of like power. Um, so That's so weird that we have that in common. Um, but I, I too, uh, tried to argue people out of uh, their belief in Santa Claus, and I don't think I was really uh, successful. I think I did get some people to admit that they didn't really believe it, because there there's a lot of people who uh, will argue for Santa Claus's existence to the death just because they want to hold on to their childhood or, or whatnot. But they really know, you know, yeah. deep down that like, okay, this is preposterous, right? But they, they kind of like uh, catch on to the whole thing that's like, oh, parents think it's fun and they just play along at some point. Mm-hmm. So to try to, to actually get people to admit that they know that um, was was much more successful and even my parents who they didn't tell me they didn't put me and my sisters through the whole santa claus thing just because they couldn't stomach like lying to their kids like that but uh even then when i was maybe like later in elementary school i set up a webcam in my living room that was pointed at the christmas tree on the night of christmas eve and even then they like paused the thing so that the the presents magically appeared and stuff so it's like there is a there's something that's got to be a little bit irresistible about the fun of not quite knowing. Yeah, true. I did the same thing with the tooth fairy because my parents were against Santa Claus for some reason, but they weren't against trying to convince us that the tooth fairy existed. So I'm not sure the what the logic. Fairy, like an angel? Did they try to tie the tooth fairy to Christianity? Uh, I I don't know, but you're right that like Christianity was a big factor in not telling us that Santa Claus existed because they w- didn't want us to feel like. God was like Santa Claus, yeah. that it's it's this, you know, magical being that people just like to believe in and just like hold their uh, dogmatic belief in um, to the point of, you know, dogmatism, uh, to the point of like what you're talking about with your friend, where it's just stubbornness. Yeah. Um, and they didn't want us to ever feel like that they were lying to us. And that's that's something that was that's been in my my dad's family for a long time. That's their tradition is to not tell people Santa Claus existed. In fact, like I grew up hearing sermons 
that said, oh, if you rearrange the letters of Santa, it Satan. actually... Satan. Yeah, yes. exactly. And my pastor actually delivered that sermon in front of all the kids. That is awesome. <laughs> I want to meet this man. So all of the parents were so upset because <laughs> he just popped everybody's bubble and <laughs> told everyone that Santa Claus didn't exist. Um, so that's been my parents' sort of philosophy as well. I do not know what differentiates uh, the tooth fairy. What about the Easter bunny? Actually, yeah, they, they didn't have a problem with the Easter bunny either. My mom uh, would uh, put candy in baskets and hide them around the house and say, like, oh, the Easter bunny, you know, hit them. The Easter bunny is totally pagan. That's, like, because the rabbit is a symbol of fertility. And so in, like, spring mating rituals and pagan religions, that's where the rabbit symbolism comes from. I think for both the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny, we didn't, you know, we never actually believed it. And I think it's because we recognized, oh, it's just like Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't really a, a problem. Um, but for the Tooth Fairy, I also tried to, like, set up some kind of trap because um, I, I lost... Get me out of this cage! <laughs> yeah. So um, I I got this thing for Christmas that's uh, that you can attach to your door. It has like a magnet on it, so so that when somebody opens the door, an alarm rings. And this like I got this for Christmas like a, a few years ago. Left it in my closet, and I remembered it uh, when I lost my tooth. And I thought, oh, this is the perfect opportunity to catch the tooth fairy. So I put it on my door and waited. Um, and uh, I think like my parents just like forgot to you know do the tooth thing. I honestly don't remember what happened there. But when when I really got confirmation that the tooth fairy didn't exist was when I was at my grandparents' house. They were watching us, um, and I lost a tooth. And my grandpa was like, oh, "Okay, uh, the tooth fairy is gonna come tonight." And uh, he he said good night to me and everything. <laughs> and um, I was just you know laying awake for a couple minutes. I I swear it was like. Less than a minute, he comes right back in and puts money under the pillow. And I'm just like, you know, uh, opening one eye, just like watching him, thinking like, man, come on, you got to be more yeah. sly than this. I guess that's the thing about the tooth fairies. You can do it without, you don't have to really be hardcore about convincing kids of the reality of it without putting money under the pillow. I, did I get, I'm trying to remember if I got money under the pillow because I don't really think it's necessary. I don't think that kids need an incentive to want to pull their teeth out yeah. because it's a sign of maturity for them. Yeah. Like my, my, me and my sisters have this weird genetic thing where we lost tooths super late. I was the last one in my kindergarten class. to. I didn't lose a tooth until I was in like first grade. And it was so frustrating because everyone in kindergarten, it's like they're all like half toothless. And I was so jealous of them. I felt like they were a more developed, more adult person than me. Yeah, I, I remember taking the pliers and, and like pinching down on, on like a loose tooth that wasn't even that loose. Yeah, like look, it's loose, see? And you're just like barely moving it. Yeah. Whereas all these other kids can't can barely speak because their two front teeth are missing and you're just like you're trying too hard yeah i don't think i actually had the self-discipline to tear it out oh, no, but it. Yeah, it, yeah that was that was extremely painful um but santa claus okay let's get back to santa claus, santa claus. um i have a I've, i have a good santa claus story so even though my parents didn't uh, ever tell us that santa claus was real they still took us to the mall santa claus and so we were completely aware that this is just an old guy, you know, dressed up 
uh, and we always thought it was is really it was really bizarre. I saw one of those guys once. I tried to bust him. Yeah. I was like, uh, so why didn't you take the reindeer down today? Like, where are the reindeer? And he's like, oh, I only use the reindeer on Christmas. Oh man, that was that must be so uncomfortable for him. Um, so one time. We went to the mall, and each of us, you know, took our turn on Santa's lap. And he asked us, what do you want for Christmas? And uh, my brother said, a piece of cheese. (laughs) And my older brother said, "Um, a bouncy ball. And then I believe I said, uh, a lollipop. So (laughs) all three of us had very low expectations. I think he, like, went up to our mom and was like, "How, how in the world did this happen? Like, have you been neglecting your children? I want a nice shiny apple for Christmas. Exactly. Mr. Clefford told us about the story about like how his, his dad only got like some alm- almonds and an orange for Christmas. And he was like, that always, you know, is a lesson to us to be appreciative. Yeah. I don't know how in the world we, we had like the same mentality. We, I'd, like, we just wanted like a little lollipop. My dad did a similar thing if you ever read Calvin and Hobbes to like what Calvin's dad will do sometimes where it'll be a funny joke for him to be like, yeah, we can't really afford to have presents this year. So you're all going to get an apple, but it's going to be a really nice, like do stuff like that just to, because to to see how your, your kids who are expecting a bunch of uh, material products get all sad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my dad, um, he, he had this giant like refrigerator box. Right, and so he uh, wrapped it. No, put it under the tree. That's cruel. That's a step. That's a step above. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was as big as a refrigerator box, but it was a huge box, right? And then it was. It, it was You're wondering, like, is that Josh's or Jude's or Josiah's? Like, no, no, actually, it was addressed to Jude, who was by far the most entrenched in Christmas and like getting stuff. So Jude was just like coveting his giant box and just wondering, oh my gosh, like what could this amazing gift? to be um and on christmas day uh, he opened it up and inside was like a cooler or something and then he opened the cooler and inside was like a soggy receipt <laughs> for like a, a a model like a world war ii little boat model and he was so disappointed there wasn't even like a real gift inside because it didn't come on time yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah maybe that was a little cruel but it was certainly interesting and uh, another awkward thing about you know Santa Claus and not believing in him was our grandparents really uh, wanted us to believe in Santa Claus, so they would address all our presents uh, like like from Santa Claus, right? And so there'd be our family gatherings, and we'd come over and open up our presents, and then we'd always see like from Santa Claus, and we'd say, "Grandma, Santa Claus doesn't exist in front of all our cousins." Grandma, exactly. You know, uh, you'd think that at this age you should know. And then my grand, my my grandparents were always like kind of upset at my parents. Like, why would you ruin their childhood? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I heard one time. This is very vague. That like statistics show that kids who weren't lied to about Santa Claus are like more intelligent and have higher incomes later in life, and a bunch of statistics yeah. like that. It's it's probably because of the parents, yeah. like the kind of parents who who you know can't stomach lying to their kids about Santa Claus. I don't know, maybe are of a different uh, breed. I'm not sure. Um, that's an interesting statistic. I, I have no idea if that's real or not. I'm just. Uh, I just saw a statistic that 50% of 
people in America, not just children. People claim to believe in Santa Claus. So I, I don't. That like, shows that 75% of people in America are bored when they take surveys like that. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, Frank, do you have any other Santa Claus stories? Uh, or are, It's coming up on 30 minutes, so maybe we should wrap it up. Santa Claus stories. Honestly, I had a Santa Claus sighting. Really? Yeah. Um, I like I was for I had these little moments where I like decided to believe in Santa Claus as a kid for like two minutes, and then I was like, no, that's stupid. Okay. And during one of those moments, it was Christmas season, the days leading up to Christmas. This was like December twenty third or something like that. And we were driving, and it was evening. The sun had the you couldn't see the sun, but it wasn't totally dark out. And I swear I saw us like I have a visual memory of seeing the silhouette of Santa's sleigh with the reindeer flying around in the sky. So it was either I, I'm sure it's a completely fabricated memory, but that's the closest thing I've ever had to a UFO sighting. Interesting. So you denied your own experience, Frank. This entire podcast has been an attempt to finally get you to admit it, Frank, that you're just in denial and you really did see Santa Claus and you just want to be the mature kid who knows that Santa Claus isn't real. I know you have less teeth than me, Josh. You don't have to rub it in. Okay. Having more teeth is cool. I can chew better. I don't speak with a lisp. And I, I don't know. All right, Frank. I think I've finally gotten you to admit that Santa Claus really is real. He, he not, just, and the, thank you for having me on the podcast, I guess.